Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. The new the voice new of voice success. success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison. Hi again, everybody. I'm Jamie Allison, and this is the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different fields of expertise, different genres, just people doing really cool things in their space. So we've talked to lots of athletes. We talk to CEOs. We talk to entrepreneurs, um, sometimes scientists, just people doing really neat things that we can take bits and pieces away from their journeys and some of the things that that they're able to provide in our interviews um, and apply them in our own lives. So um, I know I have... of one of those guests today. Really excited to get into that. Just before we do that, um, obviously, um, we uh, have a relationship with Epitome Sportswear. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know what um, uh, what they're all about and how they link really well with us um, because they not only just look at um, performance gear like some people who listen uh, would be into, but also um, just if you want to go for a, a great hike, um, maybe go watch your kid play hockey or soccer or whatever those things are, just some really kind of comfortable things they, uh, they go by the motto, live life fully. That's all about what we talk about here on Big Idea, Big Moves. The other thing that is really cool about them as well is that um, they feel that it's important to give back to the communities that they serve. And they're working to impact the inequities and opportunity for girls and women in sport. And for that reason, a portion of their profits go directly to organizations and initiatives that support girls in sports. So um, really cool. Just go into, um, you can go into our Instagram um, bio. I know the information is in there. Or just go directly to epitome sportswear so it's e-p-i-t-o-m-e sportswear.com and uh, check them out hopefully there's something you'll be able to find there uh, so i'm i'm really excited about uh, our interview today um, whitney jones is a three-time ms fitness olympia she's competed in a total i think of 35 pro shows um, never placing outside of the top 10 in the world she's been invited to compete in i believe it's now 16 arnold classic international events has qualified for the fitness Olympia for the past nine years in a row. Um, She's also a mom to two teenagers. So most importantly, a mom to two teenagers. She's the owner of Pro Physiques, which is the largest personal training gym in the state of Arizona. Um, And she's a personal trainer, fitness choreographer, um, also does prep coaching for athletes. So uh, lots of stuff going on. And and we were talking about this, Whitney, just before we jumped on here that you have so many things going on. So I really appreciate you joining us today. Appreciate you taking the time, first of all. Absolutely. I love it. And of course, trying to just help give some people some motivation, inspiration to do big things in their lives is something truly that I have a passion for. And I wish I had some mentors in my life when I was getting started, but I was kind of on a different path and just navigating on my own. So now I hope to do that where I can give back. Um, Again, maybe it's a total different industry, but even so just trying to give you know, fitness tips, um, business tips, entrepreneur tips, but just making sure people really shoot for the stars in whatever it is that they want to achieve in life. 
Yeah, and and I, I think you're a great example that way because I I know from the journey, you know, people may see your athletic, um, you know, prowess. I guess you'd say at yeah. this point, so many accomplishments. Um, but you've also done a bunch of other things. But maybe we'll start with, um, you know, if we track back, first of all, were you always an athlete? I guess would be the big thing. Is that um, you know, is this something that you just found kind of later on, or did have you always been kind of compelled to to the athletic field? I've always just loved, I mean, I was active literally from like the day I was born and um, growing up in my neighborhood, everyone was outside every day playing in the street with whatever sport we could, all the kids coming together. I had two older brothers, so it was constantly playing sports, playing games, being active. So that's kind of where I started. And I literally would try anything and everything. Uh, It's different nowadays than it was when I grew up, because now it's like, children pick individual sports, everything's club focused, you don't play everything. Well, I was the one who was just playing anything that my parents would allow me to sign up for. But yeah, I've always been into sports, everything from soccer to basketball, to softball, to swimming, to diving, to, you know, cheerleading, you name it, I was wanting to do anything. You know, it's it's interesting that you mentioned that it it used to be different. That you would, yeah. it was very normal to play a whole bunch of different sports and all those things. Um, before we go on with the other stuff, I, I I'd be interested to know kind of your thoughts around that. That um, because so many um, um, so many kids play one sport or play one sport all year round, and uh, you know, are, are, do you have any thoughts around that? Is that you know, would you like to see things different, or is it? I think it's. I don't like that. Um, yeah. I feel like my brothers and myself, just because again, those are the people who I grew up with closest to me, I feel like it made us well-rounded athletes, especially for what I do in the fitness division. Because in reality, I mean, I get on stage and I do a two-minute routine that has gymnastics, dance, you know, strength moves, but I have zero gymnastics training. I never was in that. So, you know, again, if I wasn't an athlete in all these other sports, where would I have had the athletic ability and the the main brain power, the mind to be like, I'm going to try a backflip, you know, so it's just having athletic talent in a variety of sports, I think helps you be a well-rounded athlete as you grow older. So I do hate that it's individualized because uh, the thing I see too with a lot of teenagers is they get so burnt out by the time they're in high school, they're so bored or they just have distaste in their mouth about the sport that they're not even enjoying it. But now it's too late to try to dive into something else. So I wish that it didn't need to be so specialized, but I don't know if I could change that. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's an interesting topic because you, you hear a lot of people, I think um, that have come up through that, that kind of way of, of, of doing things. I, I think, I think that's kind of a missing piece um, to yeah. a lot of a lot of kids now. Um, now, uh, you know, moving into you, know, you you obviously um, um, you not only have kind of the sports piece, but you um, gravitated uh, to um, you know business education and and uh, and also obviously now have done that. Where did that come from? I guess you know why why did it take you down a path of business to start with, and then also just um, um, using that now for um, kind of doing all the things that you do outside of just the the mainstream part of your sport? Honestly, growing up, my family, I I was very fortunate to have an amazing family. Uh, Two older brothers, my parents were together. uh, And it was amazing, except for the fact that we didn't have a ton of money, which not a big deal, right? It brought forth that work ethic that was instilled in my brothers and I when we were young. 
So I actually started businesses when I was in elementary school and loved it, loved the ability to come up with, you know, a business idea and then have to sell it and get people to need the service. So my first business was car washing and I would take my wagon with this vacuum and all my bucket and supplies and hose and would go around the neighborhood and wash cars, probably did a horrible job, but I worked (laughs) on my sales pitch and the neighbors would, you know, kind of give me their money, even though I guarantee the cars were not great, (laughs) but it was cheap. I, I can't remember what I charged. It would take me forever. But it's almost like, you know, you, I think as an adult too, you see these kids who are really trying and it's not just wanting a handout, but I loved at the end of the day, cause I had a route and I would do it all summer long. So every summer I did my own jobs and I would come up with something and it was just, it kind of lit my fire. So I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, didn't know exactly what, but went to school, went to college, got my business degree, got, you know, was trying to just live the normal corporate life, which I got out of that, thank goodness, and got into the fitness realm, but literally just said, wait till you have an idea or something sparks me that goes, that's it. And that happened right before, um, actually it was, I think I just turned 30 and I finally was like, this is it. I'm going to open up a gym. So long story short, that was my first business. I now own five different companies, all fitness related, but it's like, you know, you start one, you build it up. It starts running like a fine-tuned machine. Now, what else do I want to do? So then it's like other opportunities and other ideas. It's like, okay, So I have my gym, I have an online training business, I have a fitness apparel line like athletic wear for women, I have an events production company and we put on fitness competitions here in Arizona, and then I have a fitness app. So there are different realms all within the umbrella of fitness because that's what I'm passionate about. But it's, it's a lot of fun. And once you've started a business and you've gone through the ringer with making mistakes and, you know, learning a lot of hard lessons, you then have the courage and it's a lot easier to start the next business and then the next business. But the goal is you just got to start. What was the most difficult thing for you to learn? Like, was there, was there something kind of, um, as you've gone through this, that, that it was like, you know, if you were telling somebody who's, who's just taking the leap into building your own business or building your own gym or whatever it happens to be, was there something that you found the most difficult or the biggest lesson so far? Um, great question. I, I would say the biggest lesson for any new business owner is you need to grow strategically. A lot of times, you know, we were fortunate that we started doing really well in a very bad economy, but we started very small. I'm talking very small. But the idea was let's not get in over our heads because we need to grow strategically. But a lot of times as a new entrepreneur and, and one of my previous jobs, I worked for an ad agency where I helped businesses start up. So I saw firsthand from the backside that you got to grow strategically. So I saw how people did it wrong. But even seeing that and then being in it myself, there were times it's like, oh gosh, you know, we can expand, we can grow, we can add more staff. You've got to not get excited. You've got to stick to your plan. You've got to grow strategically and just be smart about it. Because again, if you see success fast, that's a great thing. Do not let it cloud your judgment where you get, you're just trying to do too much too fast. You need to be able to pay off debts, pay off loans, get your money back, put it back into the business and do it in the smart way. 
and and you mentioned it there that because you had that experience from your corporate world of of kind of PR and marketing and some of those things, how has um, um, you know, that obviously helped you in figuring out how to be strategic, but how has even just the, the genre of being in marketing PR, um, sometimes that's a gap for a lot of people in your industry, like in fitness and some of those things. How did that help you in being able to, to maybe do something that made you stand out in the market? It was huge. I mean, it was a huge part of why we were successful. A lot of the stuff that I saw when I worked for the ad agency with all the marketing strategies was how well grassroots marketing worked, meaning you're doing stuff unconventional. You're not trying to just mix in with the mass messages that are out there. Again, as a small gym, when we started, you utilize your network. You try to grow within the people who already support you, love you, believe in you, and you use them to help. And then you try to just stand out and do stuff that nobody else is doing, you know, standing on a corner and being like, hey, you want some, you want a free session? Come on over. The gym is right over here within the next three days. If you stop in, I'll give you a free session. I'll give you a um, nutrition consult. It's hard to say no to free, but sometimes you've got to be bold enough to, to put yourself out there. You got to get some thick skin but that's all free marketing. So again, starting small, I didn't have this massive marketing budget, but I'd seen so many cool things that people just want to be happy, right? No matter what people want to work with and give business to people who they enjoy, who make them smile, who make them laugh. If you have a personality, use it. You will be successful. If you're not shy, use it. So I think too many people think of the traditional marketing strategies. And again, depending on your industry, you may have to do that, but think out of the box and utilize your current network of people that are there to see you succeed. Now, I mean, from, from kind of the basic business background that you have right now, um, leaping into you doing kind of, uh, obviously you have your own stuff that you're still doing at the same time. Um, maybe just uh, if you can kind of talk about, uh, we had a couple of kind of years where you weren't able to, uh, people weren't able to compete in the same way that they were have before. Um, you know, December, you were kind of jumping into to something that, um, you know, I mean, obviously you've been very used to it, but I'm sure the preparation was probably pretty different because of COVID and all of those yeah. things. Um, tell us about that, about what that was like to, to kind of you know, be able to be successful and, and still be going through some of those things that everybody else was going through at the time. You mean in regards to competing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I've been competing now, gosh, I've been a pro 11 years. So, and for anyone who doesn't know, I do the fitness division. So it's in the bodybuilding umbrella, but my division, we don't get on stage. We don't flex. They do a physique competition. So it's kind of like a beauty pageant with muscles. And then for my division, two thirds of your score is based on a fitness routine. There are mandatories. You've got to do splits. You got to do push-ups. But um, so there's a few other mandatories, but then it's just about entertainment. That's what I love. So granted, you know, as I'm going in um, 2020, the year COVID hit, I had actually won Olympia twice already. And so I was coming in as the defending champ. Um, Amazing, you know, amazing pride. and, and, And I loved being able to kind of hold that title. But that year did a number on me in regards to, first of all, trying to help my boys through school when they weren't able to be in school. 
three of my five businesses were absolutely shut down. So financially, there was a massive hit trying to pay my entire staff on all the businesses to retain them. I got COVID twice. (laughs) Um, We were prepping for Olympia, thinking it would still happen. It kept getting pushed back. So there were so many things thrown at me. But the thing is, I live by the model, you don't have to, you get to. So even under dire circumstances, I was so lucky, first of all, that I'd had how many years to travel the world and be on some amazing stages in front of like thousands and thousands of people who come there to see us compete. You know, I was coming back to defend my title. I was healthy. I mean, yes, I had COVID twice, but you recover or I did, thank goodness. Like, yeah, you know, it's like, you just go into that mindset, not going to lie and say it was easy. It was very difficult trying to stay focused standpoint, but to be able to get through, to be able to do it and step on that stage was amazing under so many circumstances. And then even going back into 2021, last year was still so riddled with so many restrictions with COVID It was the second year of trying to prep for Olympia and, you know, work with my clients, run my businesses under the crazy circumstances. But in those difficult times, if you can find the light at the end of the tunnel, if you can find the silver lining, then you will succeed because there's no, what's the point of playing victim and having a pity party? First of all, there was almost the entire world's in the same boat. So figure out a way, transition. You've got to pivot and find a way. We had to pivot and change business models on how we ran our business to try to get income in while the businesses were shut down. Um, I, gyms couldn't do stuff, couldn't go and work out and run routine practice at a gymnastics facility. Got to go to the park. So there's always solutions if you allow yourself to keep an open mind and focus on the positive and focus on the fact that you don't have to do these things, you get to. And realize most of us are in a much better situation, much more fortunate than 99% of the world. So if you can focus on that, have some gratitude, it elevates you out of this stress and out of this pity party state because there's no good in staying there. Yeah, it's it's under, it's it's interesting that because of that kind of positive outlook and and looking at kind of the situation in in that way, um, some organizations were able to get stronger because of that time period. Yeah, and and I would assume your industry might be the exact same because uh, uh, you know lots of people in fitness have said this this pushed me to do a lot more online stuff, a lot more yeah. things that maybe I didn't have to do before as much, um, and now I'm stronger because of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You just, again, don't settle, find a way. If you were successful once, you can always find a way to be successful. Use that motivation, the power, the drive, and the passion that got you there in the first place. Now, Whitney, you seem like you have um, a level of resilience that is pretty high. So um, you've talked a bit about your your kind of background and how you've got to where you are. And you're, you're obviously at, uh, I don't want to say A-type personality, but probably a little bit oh, yeah. A-type. Definitely. <laughs> don't want to assume, but I, I think yes. it's probably safe to assume. Um, where do you think that comes from? Like, is that is that something that's innate in you? Is it something you have learned? Or do you think people can learn that? What What are your thoughts around that? Well, things haven't always been easy. And honestly, I think it's just 
when you're dealt crap in life, which everyone is, you know, whether it's a big deal or a small deal, if it's a big deal to you, that's truly all that matters. It may not be to someone else, but if it is to you, how you recover from that, how you deal with that is your actual true character. Now, what do you want to be remembered as? Do you want to be remembered as a victim? Do you want to be remembered as someone who had some crazy stuff thrown at them and they fought back and their setback became their biggest comeback? I have had some crap in my life, you know, again, just like everybody else. But I love the challenge of coming back stronger. Uh, for example, I've now had 18 surgeries. I've broken almost every bone in my body, oh, not just because of this sport. I mean, granted, I am quite the daredevil and I do any crazy thing. Some of the injuries were part of this sport, but several happened early on. But either way, like it's a joke now. If I break a bone, it's like, ah, all right, what are we going to do about it? It's there's not a second thought. But I mean, I've competed on Olympia almost or every year except one year with a broken bone and Olympia is the Super Bowl <laughs> of our sport. So it's wow. like, you know, the, the World Series, the Super Bowl. So you get one shot on stage. You prep all year. And sadly, injuries happen. Of course, as you're in our division, it's very, very common. But it's I've never sat there and gone, oh, I broke something. I'm pulling out of a competition. I find a way to modify my routine. I tore my ACL. I couldn't, I didn't have one leg. So I basically came up with a one-legged routine, uh, wow. you know, like again, shoulder tore my rotator cuff, my labrum. I've had a broken rib. I broke my neck. I mean, there's crazy, crazy things, but now it's just a matter of, Hey, I got this injuries are temporary. So that's something that I know for me, you can't allow that to take you down. It's going to be fine. You just got to get through these next couple of weeks. Now, granted, I think because I've been through so many energy injuries, I can handle it better. Now people are diagnosed with cancer, some horrible, you know, disease, something that they are going to die from. Those things are hard. Even if that's ever the case, you've got to find a way to be positive. You've got to find a way to fight back and enjoy even if it's the last bit of your life, like you have that choice. You get to choose what you do every day. You get to choose. Do you fight? You get to choose. Do you cry? Do you get to appreciate every minute you have with your loved ones and your friends? Make use of that. So whether it's a big or a small thing, it doesn't matter. You've got to find a way to, to see the, the silver lining in everything. And it's helped me tremendously to say, hey, I got this. Whatever it is that you're going to throw at me, I'm going to find a way to battle through it and it's not going to take me down. And it's kind of been my, my theme. I've been considered the comeback girl because it doesn't matter whatever is thrown at me. It's not going to take me down. Now you, you coach other people as well. Is that, um, I guess, do you draw, do you draw inspiration out of that? Um, you know, because obviously you've got your own kind of drivers, your own motivation when you're competing yourself. Um, it's got to be a little bit different seeing some of the people that you coach up there on stage is, does that feel different for you? I mean, I love it. There's a, so much joy in helping others achieve their dreams. That's why I got in this industry in the first place. 
And then for me, I just feel like being an IFBB pro athlete, I've had some crazy fun experiences. Like I said, traveling the world, being on some of the biggest stages in the world, meeting some incredible people, famous people, athletes. I want others. I want my clients to experience all the good fortune that I have. If I can help them get to that point, if I can help them get to the Arnold stage, the Olympia stage, or even just get the pro status, whatever it is, there's just a lot of pride in it. And I love it. I mean, even at the pro level, I compete on stage with some of the clients that I prep. I do the choreography for their routine. I diet them. I do their workouts. And people say, isn't that kind of odd? Like you're, co- you're competing against your own coach. But if they beat me, I've won. I'm their coach. I played a role in that. So, and then again, I, I will say in my division, it's super subjective. I coach a bunch of athletes. I do their choreography in areas that are, they're totally different. They can do skills I could never do. I do skills they could never do. So in a way, you're comparing apples to oranges and it's whatever the judges like on that given day. So, you know, I think it's amazing. I love to do shows with my athletes. It's 10 times more fun. If there's three out of the five that place and hopefully I'm one of them and then maybe two other clients, it's such a cool feeling. Yeah. And is it, is it, um, what is the the atmosphere like at those? Is it a very collegial atmosphere, or is it uh, is it different if uh, collegial within your team, and maybe not so much the rest of it? Uh, is what's that like? Our division is known in our industry for being like the best friends, and we yeah. really are. Uh, I think it's because again, we know it's one of the hardest divisions because when you're depleted, you're dieted down, your body is super lean. And then you're trying to flip on stage and have an energy for a two minute routine when you literally are so depleted and you're trying to, you know, jump five feet off the stage and do these crazy skills. There's a lot of respect that we have for each other. So we're backstage you know, sending good vibes, saying prayers that nobody gets hurt during, you know, the actual competition, watching them, have them come off stage, like that was so incredible. So we actually are a very, very tight group of friends where we talk almost every day with so many of the other pros in our division. We share ideas. We'll send each other videos and be like, do you like this combo? What do you think? And get feedback. We're super tight. It's like a party backstage with us. No joke. Very cool. Um, and okay, so we've talked about you have a bunch of lines of business. You uh, do um, uh, you do coaching. You do all of those things, and you also do your own kind of um, athletics as well. So um, you have two kids. Um, how do you balance all of that? You mentioned during COVID, you had to kind of do what everybody else was doing about helping their kids through kind of online stuff and everything. So how do you find ways of being able to balance your life when you have so many things that are, are going on? Honestly, it's not easy. Uh, my biggest priority is and always will be my voice. Yeah, obviously that's first and foremost. And if anything that I ever did with my businesses, my jobs, my competing ever interfered with their lives. If it got ever to a point where, you know, they just felt I wasn't there or wasn't present or needed to do more, things would have to be shifted. But I feel like, you know, they've grown up knowing I've owned multiple businesses. They've grown up knowing I was competing. So they're kind of used to it, but it is, it's an absolute 100% balancing act. 
you know, when I'm in prep and I have a show coming up, sometimes I have to get up at three o'clock in the morning to knock out some cardio, knock out some work before I get them up, get them fed, get them to school, go to my job. So it's prioritizing your day. And then more importantly, the biggest thing I say for parents who are trying to balance so many things with work and kids, you've got to be able to roll with the punches because every day I have a plan. Every day it never goes as planned. <laughs> never. <laughs> yeah, of course. Never, especially with kids. You know, they throw wrenches. Oh, I forgot my my bag with my football cleats. Oh my gosh, I gotta run home. I forgot my homework. So you just have to know your day is not gonna go the way it's supposed to, and it's gonna be okay. And you've got to reprioritize. So again, if I'm in prep and I have a show, I'm supposed to get, you know, my workout in, my cardio, I can guarantee you rarely in a week's plan, week's span, do I ever get five days where my workout schedule works out the way I want it to. It doesn't. So maybe I had two hours set aside to do workout and routine practice and I have half an hour, make use of the half an hour and don't let, don't get frustrated. Don't allow the annoyance to paralyze your mind. You've just got to roll with the punches and do the best you can. Now, Wendy, do you, um, are you a, a goals person? Like you talked about, you kind of set up your day and it doesn't go exactly the way as planned, but do you, do you set very defined goals? Are you, are you that kind of person who writes down their goals, that kind of thing? I am. I mean, it kind of depends on um, the time of the year, where I am with business, where I am with shows, where, where the kids are with their school and their sports, but absolutely. And for me, the way I feel it works best for me is I kind of set short-term goals with quarterly goals, knowing, okay, this week's not working out. Um, you know, again, I travel a ton here and there for different jobs and stuff like that and appearances. So that throws a huge wrench into things. So I try to modify and look at it from a week by week basis. Am I falling behind? Am I, what do I need to do to catch up so that I can stay on point with my quarterly goals? Then at the quarterly mark, it's like, oh, wow, I'm really far behind. Or, hey, I'm doing better in this area. So I need to really focus on pulling up on my goals in this area of life. So I try to always kind of keep a big picture look at it because otherwise, if it was so black and white, I think I'd constantly be frustrated that I'm not achieving my goals. And I know for me, that's not, it's not productive. And I'm never going to achieve day in, day out hitting those goals. It's just not realistic. So I try to take the big picture, look at it. And then sometimes if life is just crazy, I have to table some of those goals and say, that's not happening this year. And it, it's interesting how many people we talk to that um, have success, whether it's in, in fitness or in uh, uh, business or other things that, um, that that is how they approach it. And, and just having to know that there's got to be some flexibility, but, um, um, but without anything, there's no direction to get there as well. So um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about, Whitney, is that um, is the, uh, you know, we, we talk to a lot of, um, you know, strong athletic female kind of role models. Uh, you'd be one of those, obviously. And, um, and just wondering how um, you feel, because a lot we've talked to about how the perception of kind of this strong kind of female figure is, um, is different now than when people started their careers. And I thought I'd, I'd ask you, because you've, you've obviously been successful in that realm for quite a while. Um, you know, have, have you seen a change in that perception? And, uh, and is it something that um, that you see kind of in a positive light now too? 
Yes, I do. I mean, it's, it's definitely changed. Like I said, I've been in this sport of competing for 11 years now. When I first started, even I was just skinny fat. I didn't have a lot of muscle. I was doing endurance events. So I just kind of was like a wet noodle. Yeah. <laughs> I started putting on some muscle. Now, granted, I was a pipsqueak with some muscle, but it was crazy how much judgment I received. And it, I was shocked because here I'm doing something healthy in order to put on muscle like that. You have to eat a lot of food. So I'm far from starving myself. I'm yeah. being healthy. I'm being active, but it was, I just was not even expecting the amount of judgment. Oh my gosh, you look like a man. Um, oh, wow. You're just so ugly. Why would you want muscle like that? And it's like, wow. But you know what? You you get thick skin from it and eventually you can brush that off. But then also, I think it was just stigma from women and men where they're like, what is this woman doing? What is she trying to achieve? Who is she trying to prove a point with? But times have changed. I mean, you're seeing high powered CEOs that are women who are running amazing families. They're having a blast on vacation. They have all these hobbies. And then they're this legit businesswoman it's not uncommon anymore. So at least in athletics now, they're seeing that it's not a bad thing to be a strong, powerful woman. I have two boys, but if I had daughters, I would want to raise them to be in that mindset that no one will ever tell me no. If I wanna try something, I'm gonna try it. I don't like it, move on. But I would want them to dictate their own lives and not allow society, not allow outside perspectives to dictate that. Now, granted, I definitely dictate that with my boys, but I do think it's easier. Uh, women do have that disadvantage. And even now, you know, getting out and about and my physique, I get way less judgment. I think it's just more accepted that, you know, women are going after what they want and they're not just living in this, oh, is this not the norm? I don't ever want to be normal. I'll tell you that right now in every aspect. So I think people are accepting of it a lot more in regards to business, athletics, life, personalities. And I think it's a good thing. I think we still have a long way to go. And I truly think there's a lot as women, adult women, that we need to do to inspire and motivate the younger women growing up dealing with social media, the idea of you've got to be perfect. You've got to present this picture perfect world to everyone that's out there. Even though you, you want to be relatable, be relatable by being who you are. I just think there's a lot that we need to do to help our younger generation, women and men. I, I think some of the things you just said are hopefully lots of people heard that and kind of keep that message going. Cause I, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, that you've done, and I think a lot of people probably would find, um, might find a little bit scary is you talked about, you used to be in kind of that corporate type of role and, and before you kind of jumped in and, and I think you said around 30 was when you decided to do kind of that piece. And, and so, um, you know, that's, that's a big move for a lot of people. You know, a lot of people think, okay, I've got this kind of either a stability in some ways, yeah. but it's yeah. maybe not what I, I really want to do, or I found something that I'm more passionate about doing. Um, we always ask every guest to, to have a couple of kind of tangible things that people could do. And I think people listening would probably be interested in knowing your thoughts on maybe a couple of tips. If people have something that they, uh, they feel they want to make a change in, or maybe want to move ahead with something like that. Um, do you have a couple of tips as to how they might 
kind of approach that type of decision? Definitely. I mean, the thing for me, I would say I had been, I knew I wanted to open up a business. So if someone is thinking of taking a leap, whether it's business or like a life decision, getting married, whatever, I, for me, in my instance, thought, okay, well, I need to make sure that if I'm leaving this job, that I've got a great job, great paycheck, great benefits, and I'm jumping into something where it's all relying on me being successful to get a paycheck benefits, then I need to make sure I have a cushion. So I made sure financially I could survive if it was going to take longer to get some money, got some loans, and then you got to do your research. Just because you're excited about something doesn't mean you jump. So you've got to make sure everything is, there's a good foundation for success. Then if in your heart you are excited about it and you literally wake up each morning and you're excited to keep pursuing that goal and working towards making it happen, then you know you're on the right track. If you're telling people your ideas and they think you're crazy, to me, that's always the indication of go. You got to do it. <laughs> so, but, but again, it is scary. It's easier to say it than to do it. But if you know that you have something to fall back on and you're not putting all 100% of your eggs in one basket, it takes some of that risk down. When I left my job, I left on good terms in case I needed to go back. I made sure I had some money in the bank in case I needed to utilize it. But at what point do you jump? I never wanted to live the what if life. So I figured I'm young, 30. If it doesn't work out, then I go back and then I try again. So you have to be strategic in when you do take that risk. But I say do it. I say always do it because those people who are successful did not get there without taking a leap of faith, without risks. Yeah, I mean, I guess a few people could have some just random luck, but that's not the case for most people. You've got to take a risk. So make sure you have a stable foundation and then go because when you do put all your effort into one direction, to me, I thought, okay, it's on me. I have to succeed. I liked that pressure to go, I get to control whether or not this is successful or not. I need to be smart about it. I, I know I have a good foundation. Now I just got to work, work, work. And I knew what I was capable of with my work ethic. So I knew it was just going to be a matter of time before it was successful. I just needed to have a cushion in case it took longer than I expected. That's, that's great advice. And, and, uh, and coming from, I mean, I, I did a similar thing and, and um, you know, if you do find out that later uh, you don't work, you don't work any less, but you have more control, I think yes, a little bit of absolutely. your time. And that, that to me is, is probably uh, worth it right there. So, um, so you've, you've said you set some goals and things like that. Um, what, uh, what are some of the things coming up for you for the next little while? Do you have any kind of um, big aims for the, the second half of the year? I do. So right now um, I'm, I'm writing a book and I'm working with the publishing company. So that should be, it's way harder than I expected. Oh my gosh, <laughs> yep. it's taken a long time, um, but I'm excited about that. It's called The Power of Fearless. And it's about, you know, kind of a lot of the stuff we talked about, turning your setbacks into your biggest comeback in business and in life. So that's um, should be out before the end of the year. Awesome. Then I'm actually um, starting my sixth business, 
It's called Empowering Legends, and it's focused on young women. It's retreats where they come. It's a three-day event in different areas of the country. It helps them kind of discover where's their passion, where's their heart, what do they want to, what goals do they have? Um, we incorporate all sorts of things from, you know, health and fitness to mindset, to business strategies, to squashing the idea that you got to be perfect. So it, it encompasses everything that young women are dealing with so that we can build strong, powerful women who are living the life for them and not anyone else. So that should be launching. Um, our retreat should be launching in 2023. That's the goal. So those are my two big projects right now. Um, spending time with my boys. This year I decided I'm taking, I'm pulling back so much from work and I'm gonna enjoy time with friends and family. So we've got a few more trips planned for the year. And then of course, prepping Olympia's in December this year. So that's gonna get underway pretty soon here too. So lots going on. Um, the Whitney Jones Classic, which is a huge, it's the largest competition for NPC athletes here in Arizona. That's October 29th. So we've got so much going on. <laughs> wow, a lot going on. And we'll have to have you on again after you, uh, when you go to launch your book, because we'd love yeah. to, it sounds like you've got some great stuff in there and that I know people yes. will want to. If, if people are following you and want to see more about and kind of make sure they get the dates for these things as they come up, what are some of the best ways to do that, Whitney? Um, Instagram is probably the most utilized social media platform I'm making use of on a daily basis. And yep. it's Whitney Jones, so W-H-I-T-N-E-Y Jones, J-O-N-E-S underscore I-F-B-B pro. And then my website is fitwitjones.com. And again, you can kind of find different ways to reach me, social media platforms, uh, all sorts of stuff, links to show my apparel, all sorts of stuff. Awesome. Well, and what we'll do to anybody listening is if you didn't catch those, we'll put them in the show notes so you can click through to those and go right to those sites. We'll make sure uh, there's lots of great stuff on there and, and it sounds like lots to come. So that's that's yeah. awesome. If you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that right now. Uh, we have great people every week, just like Whitney. Um, and again, you know, I know uh, I know you have lots going on and, uh, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time with us, Whitney. This was fantastic. I had a blast and honored to be a guest. I appreciate it. You guys are doing some great things. All right. Well, thank you very much. And uh, to everybody else, uh, we'll talk again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks for listening to the Big Idea, Big Moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at bigidea underscore big moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.